updated because uh, Saturday night our sun spiked a temp, a high temp, and we went into kind of like, oh my God, because it's actually the 10th day that he's been off antibiotics. I always butcher that name, I'm sorry. It's just because it's not common in our family to use them. Um, but uh, he broke out in a, a 99.4, not even really that bad, but still it kind of shook us. And we're like, listen, if Abram needs us, we want to be available. So she is right now just being available to my son. But these are her notes. And I hope, I pray that I do just as good as a job as she would with her notes. Amen. Is that, is that honesty okay? Is everybody all right? You're in church. It's okay. This is a good place. Happy place. All right. Um, I like to title this message, Peace in the Midst of Adversity. Peace in the Midst of Adversity. You know, I not only have the Bible when it comes to understanding or maintaining my peace in the midst of adversity, but I'm actually living it out right now. In my life, I am experiencing adversity, but I'm also encountering the God of peace. And there's a need, a, a tremendous need in the church today for God to do such. For the people of God in the midst of any storm, in the midst of any hardship or trial or adversity, that we maintain our peace. The God of peace will what? Crush Satan, right? God himself is a God of peace. Amen. Some of you are almost sold on that. But anyways, Romans chapter 14, 17, Paul says this. He says, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. In other words, the surroundings, the makeup, the atmosphere, for lack of sounding too charismatic, the atmosphere, it's like, what is Daryl Temple, what is the Temple household known by what, when you go there, what do you feel? Have you ever been to somebody's house and you're just like, wow, what is going on in this place? There's just, it just you just get like some argent. Okay, half of you are looking at me like you're scared. It's happened to me when I've walked into places and I've just like picked up on things. I don't necessarily know what to pinpoint, but I'm just like, whoa, this does not feel like home. Because at the temple household, we roll deep in peace. <laughs> we, we roll real deep in peace. And so, in thinking about what Paul is saying in these short couple of words, he's literally saying that God is righteousness. He's, he's not only righteousness, but he surrounds himself in righteousness. Our, our, the atmosphere, the home of God is joyful. It's peaceful. And so, uh, the actual Greek definition, the way the Greek defines the word peace, is a state of tranquility. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty good. I don't, I'm not even sure if I know what tranquility means fully, but I like it. Uh, it means harmony, security, a state, I'm sorry, not a state, safety or prosperity, uh, felicity. Uh, I'm sure at one point that was like a television show, is it not? Am I, am I showing my age? Uh, but was, was there actually a television show maybe like... Mid-90s called Felicity. I, you know, I think it was a girl's name, but anyways. Uh, but anyways, this is how the Greek defines this word peace in, in Romans chapter 14, 17. And we're going to focus on the peace element, right? Because that's what we're talking about. Peace in the midst of adversity. Go ahead and say it. Peace in the midst of adversity. Is everybody okay? Who doesn't want some peace? Who doesn't need some peace? I need some peace, certainly in this uh, season of my life. John 14, 27, 
Jesus says this. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is not the, the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. You know, I love that when the New Testament talks about peace, it usually, uh, um, it usually brings up peace in your mind and peace in your heart. Both Jesus and Paul, when talking about peace, use those things. Why? Because essentially when... Uh, uh, chaos or fear or worry, what are the, what are the things that these, uh, you know, things of like worry and fear target first? Our minds, our hearts. So what better place for God to make a promise to his disciples in addition to the promise of the Holy Spirit, but to give us peace in our mind, in our heart. Some of you got that. Two areas of which the enemy targets greatly to disturb your peace. Let me say that again. Two areas in our lives as humans that the enemy targets to disturb or rob us from our peace is our minds and our hearts. The circumstances I'm facing, specifically with my son, I could care less about the house, although I'm very happy what the Lord is doing. My son's current issue consumes me. And I have never... You know, I thought, I thought really, you know, you know, I was a friend of God. I thought really uh, I was passionate about my relationship and my devotion to Jesus. But man, when Abram got diagnosed with Lyme's, I realized, well, there is so much more I need to grow in. There is so much more hunger and thirst that I need in my life for Jesus. And it's funny how that situation kind of pressed me in and developed within my heart uh, a sensitivity, you know? It, you know, when we go through things, you know, hopefully that's what happens in us. You know, there's, there's many things to learn from the seasons that we go through. You know, we need to learn. In this season, I am learning so much. And thankfully, the greatest gift and the greatest hope that I have right now is that my heart is being sensitive and tender to the Lord. Maybe for some of you, that's not a big deal. But for me, it, you can't put a price tag on it. So Jesus says, essentially, guys, sooner or later, I'm going. But guess what? I'm going to give you the promise of the Holy Spirit, but I'm also going to give you the gift of peace. Peace of mind and peace of heart. Peace is the mark. Let me just say this confidently. Peace is the mark of the presence of God in the lives of believers. Peace is the mark. Peace is what kind of separates us uh, from the goats, if you would. It's the mark of the presence of God. How do we know that? Well, let's just bring up a simple verse. Galatians, right? 5, 22 through 23. Probably some of you have sung this uh, in your, uh, your little, uh, when you were growing up in the church, but it's called the fruit of the Spirit. And it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is the result of the Holy Spirit's presence in the life of a Christian. Okay, one amen. Let me say that again. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is the result of the Holy Spirit's presence in the life of a Christian. It means that the Holy Spirit is activated in me and is working in me to bear the resemblance of Christ. Man, there isn't any person that I can think of in the Bible who is able to maintain peace in the midst of great adversity than Jesus. Of course, there were many. You got Paul, without a doubt, you know. Uh, but Jesus was able. You know, 
all through the gospel, when it, it, it kind of lends up to the story or leads up to the story of Christ going to his death, being crucified, man, that guy was chill. He was chill. Okay, maybe that's a little drastic. Let's think about the boat. You know the boat. You know the boat story. You probably learned that in Sunday school too. You know, his dudes are in the boat and he's got his homies with him and he just decides to go to bed. Okay, I don't care how deep of a sleep I'm in. If I'm in a boat and waves start crashing in and I hear panic, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to go, what's up? What's going on? Oh my God. You know, I probably join my number. We're going to die. You know, but Jesus, he, he, he doesn't wake up. He, he remains sleeping. Somebody has to go over to him. Jesus, 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 and wake him up. Right there, Jesus models exactly what's inside of him. Great peace. In the midst of the storm, Jesus, counting sheep. But we think, you know, how many have seen The Passion of Christ? Kind of a dated movie, I understand, but a great movie by Mel Gibson. You know, all through that, you see the Son of God in great peril, if you would, for lack of better words. And he's going to his death. And yet the man is as peaceful. He's portrayed in that story as peaceful. And you can see it in the gospel narrative that Jesus is at peace. Ultimately, peace comes with the security of where you're going. That's essentially when the Bible breaks down peace. It's, it's the kind of peace that nothing can be shaken within you because I know where I'm going. No death. You know, death cannot interrupt that. That's why you see Christians who go through, you know, chemo and have cancer in their bodies. You see them display such a great amount of peace in their life. Why? Because the end story is they know where they're going. And essentially, that's where Jesus did. That's why Jesus had the peace. He was God. Yes. But he was tried. He went through everything we went through and we go through today. And we're called in Scripture to bear that resemblance, to bear the image of Christ. What does that mean? To, to act, to live in a way that resembles who we read about, who we study, who we listen to from our preacher and our pastors. We're to bear the image of Christ. Amen? Okay. Let's turn, if you would, to uh, Philippians uh, 4, 6 through 7. Again, probably another scripture of which we are all familiar with this evening. Um, but I want to put it into record and read it uh, in, in the spot here and kind of add it to the fray because Paul says some remarkable things when it comes to fear and worry. Um, and so this is what he says in verse 6. He says, don't worry. So, look to your neighbor and say, don't worry. You ever heard that song? It's probably a little dated too. Don't worry. Be happy now. I know. Every time I preach, I show my age. It's sad, but it, it's true. I mean, I'm only 36, but in a crowd like this, you kind of feel like you're 50. It's just not cool. Um, that's why I'm trying to, like, you know, lose some weight and, uh, you know, get a haircut, put on some duds, and kind of, you know, present myself in a young, hip way. No, just kidding. Um, so Paul says, don't worry about anything. Paul doesn't leave any room here. He doesn't make any provisions. He says, listen, don't be worried about 